I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He might still be. Pushes off Hartlett here. Look at the speed. Look at the control. Now for something special. A.M.T. They have done what every other team hasn't been able to do this year. Beat the Giants in a close one. Welcome to Clicking Balls. This is the AFL Round 12 Wrapped. My name is Heath. And the first question I ask every week is for your highlight of the week. So Josh, you got a highlight of the week? Oh, for mine, it was probably Jeremy Howe's mark um, in today's uh, Queen's birthday match. Not a bad effort. Absolute screamer. Um, it looked like uh, the the stereotypical Gary Ablett senior mark where he gets uh, up knee over the shoulder and just sits there, except he got up knee over the shoulder and kept going up. And, and kept going. And took a chest mark. Yeah, a beautiful mark. Um, mark of the round easily. And the funny part is he did another one in the very next passage of play where it came back at him. And uh, not quite as good. If he had it in reverse, it would have had two possible marks of the week in a row. But um, as it was, the second one was a spectacular mark that wasn't quite as good. It's like that sort of mark where you had that much air. You actually have time to consider your dismount. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. He hit the ground running and played yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Just have a look around, see what's going on. Um, but yeah, one of the few highlights for Collingwood on, on a day which uh, saw them really try their best to lose that match. Well, they were dominant in the first half. And uh, then th- they were brilliant with their pressure. But uh, we'll get to the full game uh, later on. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was my highlight. The, the absolute belter of a mark. Brenton, you got a highlight of the week past? Yeah. And, and, and a beer of the week? I do. I do. I've got both. Uh, highlight of the week's been a familiar one for, for our podcast. But um, F1, uh, Canada Grand Prix, which is always a Grand Prix to look forward to because it's one of the, the old school tracks where you don't have so much runoff area. The runoff area is a wall. And so that kind of sorts out the boys from the men. And to get the maximum out of a lap, you've got to really just touch the walls. And that's the fast way around the track. But anyway, Dan Ricardo managed to snag a third place due to a bit of, bit of Bradbury in oh, there. Motherfucker, I haven't seen it yet. A <laughs> couple of people uh, sort of fill out the way. And uh, Canada, obviously, being near America, they got lots of stars there. Also, Bill Burr, who's started to teach himself Formula yeah. One. He does a little wrap-up of, of his Formula oh, episodes. You've been listening to his podcast yeah. as well. Yeah, he, he knows great. He knows nothing about it and like completely open to that fact, but his, his reviews are hilarious. Well, that's what I like about it is that he says, I know nothing, but I'm yeah. trying to learn. Yeah. I'm, I'm liking it. Yeah. You know? That's Liberty Media doing smart shit and, right there. And like, it's, all his points are on point, uh, for lack of a better word. Yeah. But anyway, so they've got uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. Uh, Patrick Stewart? Yeah. Uh, Professor X? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on the podium, doing the podium interviews. And that has been tradition for Ricardo on podiums. He uh, rips off the shoe, uh, <laughs> tries to give one to, I think it was Lewis or uh, Valtteri, whoever was else on the podium. They don't, they, don't, they don't budge, and someone grabs his shoe and throws it away. Patrick Stewart comes up and goes, oh, you know the shoe there, mate. How about, uh, <laughs> about you shoot that shit around? Patrick Stewart is an absolute fucking legend. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen his, um, oh, what's a fucking show called? Extras. No, no, he's got a, a TV show awesome. at the moment oh. where he's a newsreader. Um I don't know. Hard talk or something like that. I can't remember. Right. But uh, he is a fucking funny bastard. He's a, a former uh, champion, a former military person, like a, a captain, 
from the Falklands War. Oh, right. Now, if you know the Falklands War, that's when Argentina took over the Falkland Islands, which is off the coast of Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> and they like, and the UK owned it. And they said, well, you're not going to come all the way over here and get it. I'm like, yes, we fucking uh-huh. are. <laughs> so they turned up and they're like, well, we're protecting it with our 16-inch cannons that have a 1.2-mile um, range. And he's like, well, we've got 1.4 on our boats. Yep. <laughs> so you're kind of fucked. And they bombed the living shit out of it. But, um, yeah, the funny part is that's kind of his war. Yeah. Um, and he is hilarious. He's a drunk. He's a cokehead. And he womanizes. It's fucking funny as hell. And generally, Patrick Stewart's up for making a fool of himself anyway. But it was funny that Ricardo didn't dare offer him, uh, obviously, a knighted person didn't offer him a boot full of his sweat and, and champagne. But it was that key that Art literally asked Dan Ricardo to fill up his boots so he could have a, have a chug out of it. Took it down like a champ, too. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking of the Falklands War, I only remember... Um, how how dirty they're still about it when Top Gear went down there. Oh, shit, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, speaking of Top Gear, did you see... Uh, Richard Hammond. Hammond, yeah, crashed. Look at Koenigsegg. I think it was um, it was a full electric, so I think it was the new Chinese full electric car that had the Nürburgring record for uh, a fraction Oh, percent. really? Oh, right. Looked, I, I could be wrong. It looked like it to me. Yeah, it looked like like a smart car. It looked like, yeah, I thought it was a Koenigsegg, but crashed into a field, almost killed himself again. In a car. Say, yeah, it rolled and set on fire. Yeah. New show, same script. Yeah, well, I'm starting <laughs> to think that maybe he's just not a very good driver. <laughs> maybe maybe they could be using a new host, and, um, you know, if they're listening, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> um, my highlight of the week was we just did a little bit of fishing yesterday. Went to a yeah. trout farm, so it's not proper fishing. Like, yeah. It's as close as you get fish to in a barrel, fishing literally. in a barrel. Um, but uh, there was a part there where we were sitting in, or I was sitting on one of the little fishing, I don't know, it's not a lake, but whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and all the kids and everyone are buggered off to another one because that was hotter. You know, getting more bites over there. And I turned around and realized I was by myself and I thought, this will do. <laughs> I just sat there. Not a nibble, not even anything close. Um, but I'm sitting there watching the, the UFC fights on my phone and no, keep, yeah. keeping up with that. No, it was good. It was all I wanted. That's what fishing's about, isn't it? Just yeah. trying to get away from everyone else and uh, enjoy your little time of solid, solidarity. Yeah, no, I mean, solitary. I remember seeing a show where they actually showed that if you're talking in the boat, you know, making whatever noise, the fish don't give a shit. Nah, of course not. Yeah. It's just the fishermen that give a shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if a peace and quiet, you I dickhead. can understand that. Yeah. Now the kids caught a couple each, so that's all. You know, nothing could be worse than if one caught some and the other one didn't. Yeah. But anyway, we, we got away with it. And fucking 260 bucks worth of fish in the end of the day. Yes, yeah, it's not a bad uh, little racket they got running out there. Nah, it was good. They did a good job. Um, what do you mean 260 bucks worth of fish? I mean, when we walked out, we had to pay $260 for the fish. Each fish, not, fish you catch, you got to pay for it. That's yeah. the thing. Fucking hell. It's not like right. paying entry you fee pay, and then... You know, no, you pay that as well. Oh, Jesus. I don't suppose it's like the strawberry farm where you can sneak a couple of uh, a few down your mouth before they notice. <laughs> I, I think that you're allowed to, and they figure if anyone's dumb enough to do it, <laughs> you're welcome to it. Yeah, so you're catching salmon in their, their filletine carp for you. <laughs> um, I, actually, uh, my daughter caught a massive... Uh, 2.2 kilo salmon damn um, out of it there and nice. uh, yeah that was a $55 fish Jesus they're just feeding them lead sinkers aren't they so they can just about, wrap it up I reckon and that's why they gut them themselves so they can take it all out yeah I'm on to them it's about $20 a kilo that's about what it is at the shop 25 uh, well, yeah, a what, what colour was the salmon Fucking just out of curiosity uh, not as uh, not as rosy red right. as uh, the ones you see yeah. because it's a farm but it's still it's not white it's not yeah, yeah, white yeah yeah it's still yeah. pink right um, yeah, I always wondered what the sort of not Free, yeah. Well, it's, for, it's not uh, wild; it's farm. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, it was good. Um, anyway, but we'll go to the footy. We had six games over five days, um, so we'll start way back on Thursday night at a very soggy SCG, where the Swans put one together and got over uh, against the Bulldogs. 
Oh, put it together very well too. They were dominant all night. They, they were. They, they handled the conditions and handled the Bulldogs much, much better. And expected more of a yelp from the Bulldogs in this one. I thought that maybe with a bit more of a younger running team, they might have been able to put up, you know, a bit of a fight. But it was uh, Sydney's sort of wayward kicking that kept them in in the match for the short time they were. Well, it, it is wayward, 12-16, but it was... That was the night as well, though. Yeah. I mean, it was sloppy, and, and they just adapted. Um, I saw a lot of the Bulldogs were trying to uh, just keep it moving forward, which is good, but they kept fucking it up. They yeah. kept slipping and um, second grabbing, which, you know, when it's all in tight and close, you haven't got a chance to go for a second grab. It's about the third or fourth week in a row the Bulldogs have played sort of that real messy football, just end-to-end, yeah. turn it over, but usually they'll come through because the team's been of lesser quality. Well, Whereas the Swans have started to pull it together now. Swans are a bloody good side. They've been underperforming the first half of the season, but uh, now we're finally starting to see what they can do. Well, I mean, they lost to Hawthorne two weeks ago. Yeah. That's, that's how underperforming they've been. Yeah. Um, I feel like they've finally realised that Cole isn't coming back, so they can uh, <laughs> not try and play it up. We've got to try again. Yeah. Um, and it was their midfield, though, that really dominated. I mean, uh, Josh Kennedy um, had a massive one, and they couldn't stop him. Well, you can make the argument it's the best midfielder in the comp. On paper, it is. Yeah, yeah. And this sort of weather—that's what what's generally going to win games. Is that strong midfield, be able to push the ball forward, being um, able to run the ball, out make of the smart mid. decisions too. A bit of experience yeah. always pays off. Um, and I, I thought the the Bulldogs—they um, bring back in uh, Cloak. Very interesting that he gets a run again um, yeah. in a ga- day that's not really going to suit him. Yeah. But you know, having said that, Buddy at the other end had eight scoring shots or something like that. So. It's just his usual dominant yeah, There's also plenty plenty more of uh, opportunity in the Swans forward lines. I think they <laughs> almost, almost doubled the inside 50s, just about. I mean, geez, if you're like Buddy Franklin, absolute freak of a talent. But if you could line up four midfields to kick to you, I, I reckon three of them are playing for City at the moment. Yeah, and you just can't really afford to put two defenders, key defenders on Buddy Franklin. Yeah, so nah. you've got to sort of let him get his own and just hope that you, you can lock him down, push him outside the 50 metre line. Well, they tried a few different players on him, but... Uh, the Problem is the players that are strong enough aren't tall enough, yeah, or mobile enough. So that puts the Swans at four and seven. Uh, talks of a, talks yeah, of a comeback. They're not out of this. So they're going to have to really. Uh, I mean, they played good Eddie Eddie had against some lesser teams. This one was at the SCG against yeah. the Bulldogs. Mm, they need but, eight, eight more wins. Yeah, we have to see. There's still some quite a bit of talent above them for them to step into that top eight. It's it's doable, but it's hard. And, and if they're going to make finals, it's the these teams are the ones they've got to beat. Yeah. Uh, like uh, like the Bulldogs. Yeah. And their percentage is good enough that when they suck in a level pegging turns with the teams ahead of them, they're going to be competitive. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be having to get wins. Well, I think they're going to be getting better as opposed to some other teams which are starting to fall away. Yeah. It'll yeah. be injury lists. <clears throat> Port Adelaide. <laughs> injury list will be the thing that decides it. But um, you look at the ladder and what uh, you've got two games separating third from bloody 10th. Like, that's, that's massive. Yeah. yeah. It's tight. And, and like as we saw, the the way the winning game plan at the moment 10, is um, conducive to a lot of those teams that are from six to ten as well. That mm. yeah, running through the middle, um, forward pressure. That's sort of been the strategy that uh, people are trying to unlock at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, it does look like the uh, the Bulldogs' defence, uh, defence as in Premiership defence, looking yeah. a little bit shaky. But it's it's. They've always got that in the back of the mind that, yeah, we only finished seventh last year. It yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, true. And, I mean, we're in the rabbit traps. Is they've got a bit of a, bit of a party culture going on there. and uh, Doesn't take long. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've heard a few little whispers that the... Libba's leading the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of couple of brothers dealing out some shit from there, apparently. Yeah, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, we'll go on to Friday night. Uh, the Crows put it over the Saints. Again, I don't think it was any surprise 
that uh, it was a nearly a 10-goal win. I was surprised it was only 10 goals, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't tag out Sloan. I mean, it seems like if you want to beat Adelaide, that's sort of step one. Well, I was about to say, they did an awesome job tagging out Sloan. They only had 14 touches. Um, See, I, I thought he actually had a fair bit of influence. Like Only 14 touches, yeah. But uh, he seemed to get a lot of smart touches. Um, I thought this was actually good for Adelaide because they showed that without the massive um, input from Sloan, they've still got too much talent around. Yeah. But when you've got, you know, you, there are other midfielders like um, uh, the Crouch brothers and Rory Laird, yeah. who, you know, running off half back into the midfield, yep. um, they just sort of, all right, well, we know now. We've seen this before. Yeah. We know what to do. Plus, like the Crouch brothers, getting that bit of mongrel about them and just getting on the skin of the opposition teams, you know, yeah. uh, just that real annoying, uh, give it a little cheap shot, one of the ribs, uh, play for a couple of free kicks here and there, but just annoying as shit to play against. Mm-hmm. And they're really holding down their own in that respect. The right size for it too, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're almost like an uh, uh, injury-free version of the Kernel brothers for Carlton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sammy Jacobs, though, he had a night out. Like uh, 37 hit outs and then to, to back it up, Scores uh, three tackles, five marks, and then 25 possessions, if you don't mind. Yeah, pretty lazy little effort there. They let over for, for the big fellas. Fucking dominant. Done yeah. right. But uh, other thing I saw too, young Tex. Only got 3-2, but he was in a, involved in a shit ton of score. 3-2 uh, is a good turnout. Um, yeah. It's one of those things that people say, you know, I've said it too, that he doesn't kick enough goals. He's still averaging you know, two and a half a game. Yeah. It's not a bad effort. Yeah, and I mean, he, doesn't, he only needs a crash packs, and any bets can pick up the slack there. So exactly. it's not like he's just uh, supposed to be there just to kick goals. He's there to get the ball to the ground or take big marks and kick from outside 50. Mm. He can leave any bets to, to know where that ball's going to land. Yeah. Well, the way those two combine is utterly perfect. Like yeah. textbook, yeah. as in you'll have text going up. If you can't get a clean... Mark, he'll tap it towards bets, yeah. and even though it's towards bets towards the boundary line, which probably isn't what you know, a coach will tell his under thirteen team, it's bets. Yeah, the boundary line's matter. his, his yeah. home. Doesn't matter either side, either leg. Bang! It's, it's yeah. not flukes if you do it every time. Shit, no. Yeah, he, uh, I think if you go to Adelaide Oval to see Adelaide play, and he doesn't do that, you get your money back. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, and out of seven goals, Josh Bruce in his first game backs kicked four of them. Um, yeah. for limited opportunity, taking seven marks. It's not a bad way to say, you know, I belong here. Yeah, definitely. And I think Saints' problem is still trying to figure out that back line. Still, I don't think God has come back yet, has he? Yeah, yeah. Has he? Oh, he's... he's, God, I don't know. He didn't play, I don't think. Oh, yeah. You might have played VFL, I'm not sure. Yeah. So they're still waiting on on sort of the hopes and dreams of him being a key defender. Uh, And they just can't match up against sort of a two-pronged opposition forward line. Yeah. Uh, there's too many people to cover. They're for, I, th- I think St Kilda's forward line, they've got plenty of options and they, they'll definitely mm-hmm. be able to, to, to sort that out. Um, still, you don't know how Paddy McCartan's going to fit in there with Bruce coming back and, and playing pretty well. Accuracy well, hurt him too, though, with uh, Acres, Sinclair, Stephen and Weller. 0-8 uh, between them all. Yeah. So, you know, you convert a few of those and you're in the match. But, uh, you know, that also says how much pressure Adelaide had on the ball carriers. Yeah. Because a lot of those weren't set shots. Yep. I did find it funny. I saw on, on Reddit where someone had reposted uh, something from the Adelaide Crows fan fan base <laughs> yeah, team yeah. about a supporter being overly loud and, and cheering every single play and impacting the, the people around there's uh, experience of the game. Like, holy shit, man. Go to a Collingwood, Richmond, <laughs> Carlton, Melbourne. Go to any game at MCG. That, that's life. That, that, that happens everywhere. I tell you what, they're, they're really earning that reputation, aren't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's the they were saying it's the shrill voice, um, and I can I can relate to that. I remember one woman at the footy screaming "Go you Maggies" while she was sipping from a Jack Daniel's flask, and yeah, it, it does affect you. 
Yeah, but I mean, that's everywhere. And unless yeah. you go punch them in the face, they're going to still be doing it next week and the week after. Well, in fairness, old, uh, old Carmen, but after half time, she quietened down when she, or passed out, whichever. Uh, she'd also switch teams halfway through. Well, that's so true. <laughs> I think half the time her team wasn't even playing. So maybe that's the thing. Like uh, this, uh, this chick, maybe just give her a bit of a uh, couple of Woodstock bourbons and uh, she might have a little bit of that. And I mean, I still prefer them over the Nin Nanas that were out at uh, the old Adelaide Oval, Amy, Adelaide, Amy, yeah. Amy Stadium, where it was. <laughs> uh, footy Park. Yeah, that's yeah. one. Um, but the, the Crows, I mean, they, it was a good little bounce back because they had the uh, the loss against Geelong in their last outing. But yep. um, really, 10 goals against Saints at home, it's what you kind of expect from them. So they, they yep. just did the job. And the Saints will be better next game when they when uh, Big Nick comes back. Yeah. With, uh, with GWS's loss, do you put Crows as flag favourites now? Uh, to me, they're, they're neck and neck anyway, uh, yeah. both of them. Um, I don't care what happens for the rest of the year, really. I, I think say, that's where it's going to end. I think uh, the way the season's been going, whoever is flag favourites that week loses the next week. So I think they'd be keen to avoid that. Yeah. I think it's just a game of matchups for this top top four a as well. Rock, paper, so scissors I feel like way. if it was GWS Adelaide head-to-head, I feel like Adelaide have the advantage. But if Geelong sneak in there and it's Adelaide Geelong, I think Geelong have the advantage, yeah. even though they're lower on the ladder than yeah. both those teams. And GWS probably smashed Geelong. Yeah, I mean, they got the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we all laughed there. Poor Tigers. Uh, we're batting well above average. In the top four? Feels yeah. good. Love and life. Yeah, we've got, we've got some people falling, out, falling around <laughs> us, which is always handy. That'll happen. Um, all right, on to the next one, and uh, this is another game that I've got to attend. The Hawks and the Suns at the MCG, and the uh, Suns got out to a handy lead and um, did enough um, to go to sleep in the fourth and, and still get by. Yep. So the Hawks were coming right back at them, though, in the fourth quarter, which is, I think, best for um, Gold Coast to show that they were able to withstand that charge. Sure, the funny thing is, it's one of the best quarters I've seen Hawthorne play in a while. Oh, for a while. <laughs> um, and it was all really off the back of Jack Gunston. Um, yeah. Kicking yep. goals yep. from everywhere. He yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, it was, I was glad that I got to see it the game because he hasn't had a good game for a while. You'd sort of say, okay, what's going on? And I watched it, and the delivery to him, even when it looks good, it's not good. Because, yep. like, um, you know, when you lead on like a forty-five degree angle, and they kick it out to your lead, and then you have to like curve and straighten up. Yeah, that means it's a bad kick. Yeah, because yeah. you've got you only need a meter space on your backman, but if you have to change the angle of your lead, yep. you can cut the angle. There's there's no more meter. Yeah, it's gone. So I watched that, and some of the kicking into the forward line was just abysmal. Yeah, and especially like a good kicking into the forward line is also leading the lead where you where it's yep. best for them yeah. to go because they got their back to the goals. You can see what's around them, and you can sort of direct them with your kick about where they're supposed to go. But so many times you put it out too far in front, you stretch them out too far, and they, you've you've owned a good lead, but you put them out too far that they've got to look to pass it off for someone who can kick over fifty or to center it up. Yeah, Gunston had such a good game. I'm worried North's going to offer him a million dollars a season. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't play midfield. You've got no chance. He, he might have to. Um, but For a million uh, bucks a season, he will. Ablett's still Ablett, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Isn't he, though? Yeah, freak. That's the first time in a while I've seen him do that shimmy that he was so famous for. Oh, there was one. Yeah. It was either the last or the second last goal where uh, Howe had him. Uh, and it was just one-on-one. Yeah. And he had a good little five metres. And I don't know if Ablett even knew Howe was there. Yeah. He yeah. just... I, you couldn't call it a fend-off. It, yeah. it was less than that. And he just got by and kept going. Yeah. It's just and that ripple. Like, he ripples through his body like, yeah. a, like a dog shaking off water, and then the player just drops. Yeah. He's very good at, like, just sort of working his way through that crowd. The arms and legs that get, get uh, whacked his way. Um, and also, master. like we're saying about sort of directing people with your kick when they're leading about where they're supposed to go, he does the same with his handballs, opening up yep. that, the, mm. the play coming out of those packs. That's what I found with this game. Is that Hawthorne gave up the corridor too often in important parts of the game. Yeah. Uh, their, their sort of backstop 
uh, game was very poor, especially the last goal, I think it was, where it was pretty much an end-to-end effert from Gold yeah. Coast. Yeah, two metres Straight down the middle. Yeah, yeah. Putting the, the sealer on again. Yeah. yeah. He's having a good run. Like, yeah. Good in the clutch. Yeah, and it's just a matter of, um, yeah, being in a position where you've got a bit of motivation and, and, you know, you can beat games and win away from home. It's going to be good for Gold Coast, but uh, it's going to be hard for the whole of Ablett, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, the, the rumour going around is that he's saying, I'm trading or I'm retired. Gold Coast have nothing to lose by saying, "All right, you fucking retire, fucking retire then." Yeah, eat it. Well, can like, they can they trade trade in? Yeah, because yeah, I feel like absolutely. Gold Coast aren't near a premiership anytime in the next five, maybe ten years, and so I think it might be better to get you know two or three good players for for an ablet because they, they probably get one because he's probably only got two seasons left in him. Look, if Geelong offered their first round draft pick, which is going to be about fifteen, yeah, yeah, I think if you Gold Coast, you go. I think you can get some change out of that. I think you get a player in there as well. Or 15 and a late pick swap or, or something. Yeah. I don't know. If they offered, say, Cam Guthrie, you'd probably take it straight up. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah and, yes, you would. Diablo yeah. gets his number back too. Yeah. So. <laughs> maybe maybe that's win. what he's putting in there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't think Gold Coast have anything to harm themselves by playing hardball. Yeah, and I think that um, yeah, being their best interest, like, they're not really a big membership club, are they? No, like, sure I, think, no. I think Abbott's no. really pulling in pulling in sponsors or members or anything like that. So I think their their best strategy is obviously having as many players as they can keep there and building a, a winning sort of culture. Funny thing is, they'll probably fuck up and pick up Blitzars or something. Yeah, well, I mean, one could be so lucky. Yeah. We've got a few few trash we could offload to him. Um, I thought He'd already done that. He didn't play this week. <laughs> the, the, the real turning point this uh, in this game was Hodge being the laid out. Not because he would have made a difference, but I meant Billy Hartung came in. Yeah. The poor lad. I mean, he's playing for his career every week, which means he's trying to do too much with the ball. Yeah. I've never seen somebody butcher the ball so much. Mm. Speaking of big outs, though, Ty Vickery um, shows that he, he's not the cursed one. Yeah. He wasn't in this game and Hawthorne still lost. So he can just put his hand up and say, look, it's not my fucking fault. wasn't always me. Yeah, getting huge receptions in the VFL too, apparently, <laughs> Box Hill. Um, kind of a bit of a fan favourite. Well, he should get used to it too, I reckon. Because yeah. Timmy O'Brien played all right. He kicked a couple of nice he goals. He played very well. Yeah. He had a very good fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, when, oh, it was the third quarter. I, I, no, I think it was the fourth. Kicked two in a row and then Gunston had four or something. Yeah, he, he had a, a, a big final quarter, Gunston, um, which is the only reason Hawthorne got close. See, it was funny because um, I, I just thought, you know what, the hunger was there. They were dead and buried. They are down by 40 and they got yeah. within a, within 10 points. And yep. went, you know what, all right, yeah. they've done all right. And it was that, only that, that's the bar for Hawthorne from it's here. It's one of those two patches of plays that really put them out of contention as well. The rest of it was like a yeah. full quarter effort. Well, said one brain fade from Caden Brand yeah. and the game's still on. Yeah. But... That's the way it goes. But the thing is, too, um, the Suns did kick 13-17. So 30 scoring shots to yeah, 19. Yeah. If the Suns kick straighter, then they've blown them out of the water and they're never in it. But then again, if Hodge had have been around there, maybe they yeah. would have uh, been able to sucker up a couple of more goals. So, you know, if only. Yeah, and if Lee Matthews was still playing, it'd be, <laughs> he would have won easy. He's yeah. probably considered it. Um, on to the next one, which was the, the upset that I think we all picked. Um, so I don't know if that counts I, as an upset then. I'm Can't stoked remember. that we actually picked this because I'm pretty sure all three of us were on Brisbane. Sweet, I'll jump on board. We were, we were because I, I had uh, people messaging me saying, yeah, good call on that one. I'm like, yeah, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> I did pick it, didn't I? Yep, yep. Um, but, I didn't pick the margin. That was already No, God, stupid. no. Um, it, it was a massive early effort. Um, I think I was listening to this one on the radio on the b- way back from the Hawks game, and uh, Zorko had something like 12 touches in the first quarter and a couple of goals. Yeah, damn. I mean, He's a quality a, player. It's, it's almost disappointing the way he ended up. Yeah, um, was it 30 and... 30 and three goals. Two goals. Two goals. Sorry, my eyesight's not very good. Um, Because he was on track for a much, much bigger game, obviously. Yeah. And he's been, been, uh, obviously, a player who's shown that ability 
pretty much his whole career. Always had a big, big name on himself when he was coming in. And so it's good for them to be able to, to actually get a huge win. And also in the wake of re-signing uh, Shaki, which yeah. I think was a, is a huge mm. victory for them. Yeah. I did not see that coming. No. And as, I mean, as a Tigers person who was in the hunt for getting him, I was like, ah, oh, we can't get like a decent player. But still, I actually prefer that he stay at Brisbane to build up that squad. Yep. And I yep. think that's like that one domino needs to fall in order for them to really turn around what, what has been sort of rats leaving a sinking ship. Yeah, you need to become a, not a, they're not a destination club, but they need to be a neutral club where yeah. at least yeah. people consider them rather yeah. than just going, nah. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially a guy 19. Um, yeah, but what I liked sure. about it was okay. He, they said he, he's going to spend some time away from the club. They never said that he was looking at leaving. Like there were yeah. rumours always, yeah. as there are. But it got to, I don't know. To me, it just seemed like the way that Brisbane were handling it was. It's not that he wants to leave. He needs to actually go and sort something out. Yeah. And he came back and resigned within a week. Yeah. So I think that Brisbane are actually on a good wicket there. That's I think a good, they've done good point, well. actually, yeah. Yeah, it might be under wraps there or mm. something. It actually makes a lot of sense. I didn't consider it that way. It might be more fam- just something Player, else. Yeah. And Player focused. And they haven't brought it out into public because yeah. one, it's not their business and two, they don't need to. And two, he's 19. So shit, things important at 19? Yeah. Generally, generally doesn't matter too much. <laughs> um, Stefan Martin too. He he didn't get the hit out to win, but geez, he was handy around the ground. Yeah. He managed to get uh, 22 possessions, which uh, for a, a Ruckman is brilliant. Throw in seven marks and four tackles, and his tackles are full-on tackles. Yeah, of course they are. Um, he was fantastic. Well, I mean, that's why I picked the upset. Or, you know, when you say it's an upset. I guess when the 18th rate team um, wins, it is an upset. Yeah. Um, but it was going to be off the back of him because Sanderlands wasn't going to play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think Fife's still not right. He did not look like uh, the player we know he, he is. He did take a couple of heavy knocks, um, and I don't know if they were pre-existing that then aggravated it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, not running at 100%. What did you end up getting? Also, Sammy Mays, I thought, did a pretty stand-up job as well. Um, Put in a four-quarter effort. Uh, One of those people who sometimes when he puts in too much effort, it doesn't really uh, (laughs) help his team. Yeah, Yeah. But this is one where I felt he had enough control in what he was doing and played a lot smarter than what we used to see him play. And obviously, Louis Taylor kicking four. It's uh, it's a good return. But, I mean, uh, they were running on top of the ground. This is the one that they they needed to put away uh, because Frio were right for the picking. Yeah. And uh, when's Lockie Neal's contract up? Be, I'm not sure. Uh, coming pretty soon. Uh, can we ask North Melbourne? <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Uh, not offering him a meal. He's about 800 Slowly grand. Slowly becoming the meme king too. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, on to the other Saturday night game, uh, which was Essendon and Port Adelaide. Um, again, I think I predicted Essendon for this one, but not the, the way they played. That was unbelievable. The best Essendon have played in a long, long time. Yeah, this is one I dropped. I thought uh, every time I think Port are making a run for you know the yeah. top four, they they fall over like this, and they they didn't pressure the ball carrier. Essendon fucking did. They were everywhere, yeah. gang tackling, and then not just gang tackling, but waiting for the ball to come out and tackling that bloke as well. Yeah, oh. I love the tipper watch um, on yeah. the oh god on the uh, the Channel Seven broadcast. The, and the way he was playing was just amazing. how is there not a movie already about that bloke? Like <laughs> I'm sure it's on its way. It's an absolute Hollywood script. Uh, it sells itself. And, you know, the bloke uh, went from being, you know, not quite good enough to now he's now an out star. Well, I mean, he, he wouldn't be on an AFL list if it weren't for, you know, the saga and the mm. um, yep. the, the breaks that they got uh, last year. Oh, right now, every team would have him. Absolutely. You'd, you'd make room. And uh, almost pulled down an absolute screamer too. Yeah. Just uh, bobbled it and dropped it, but he's up there. Even if he held on to it, wouldn't be Mark of the yeah. Week. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> Not even Mark of the Week. No. 
Uh, uh, mark of the weekend. Yeah, that's about it. Um, and of course, uh, big Cal Hooker kicking five first half goals when uh, the, a lot of uh, media were saying he shouldn't be up forward. Yep, not a bad return. Yeah, it's not a way to stick it up a media who have not been too nice to you uh, yeah. historically. So you, you gotta love that one. Even the way he was kicking him, like you go, nah, it's your night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the first quarter, you know, all right, sweet. At least we got that problem solved. And, and big uh, Joey Danaher was the same. I mean, when he was kicking ones with his his head's looking at his bootlaces yep. and he's just mm. throwing it out. Kicked it around two people. No idea where the goals were, but it's gone straight through. He's the one you identified sure uh, last week when we were talking about the game was that someone's going to have to man up in him and how's the matchup going to go. Uh, not out, well is the answer. Turned out, the, I mean, it didn't go well, but neither did any of the matchups. So yeah. it was almost a free-running game. It was almost Port Adelaide got done by a Port Adelaide strategy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, Dan- uh, sorry. Dan has really emerged as well in the last probably month. He's gone from a bloke that you think, oh, the ball's in his hand, he might get it, might not, to just like, no, he's he's better than average chance. And it's uh, he, he's worth the price of admission at the moment. Yeah, also, like, I'm not sure what Port Adelaide are doing with Robbie Gray. He's kicking goals, but if they're not winning, I think he might be more utilised around the ground, was, like find some else for him. It's really strange, because I heard in uh, the post-match press conference with Ken Hinckley, he's, they asked him about, is Robbie Gray 100%? You know, is he right? And he yeah. goes, oh, I'm getting sick of this question. And then went said he's nearly right. I'm like, well, <laughs> what do you? I don't understand why you're going to see that question if yeah. he's obviously not a hundred percent because you've just said it. Yeah. Um, I, I still reckon it's a mistake. Even though he's kicked, you know, two or three goals most games. Yeah. Up forward, I'd still say I'd rather have him, you know, miss four weeks and be right yep. than to play eight weeks and be okay. Yeah, because at this point you need him to be in the midfield getting first use of the yeah. ball. Or be responsible for whoever is getting he's, the ball winner for the other team. He's too good to gamble with. Yeah, yeah. you put yeah. him at better, better than average uh, odds of playing finals. So you need him right to play finals. Yeah, yeah. See, I reckon these are one of the sides that uh, um, might uh, just drop out. Well, I think they can, but I'd still put him at better than fifty percent. Um, I think probably about a seventy percent chance. Um, yeah, and the uh, obviously with. Gray going forward means Wingard spending more time in the middle, and I, I don't think that suits him as much. No, yeah. I, I know that they've wanted to turn him into a midfielder, but he, he's better off having his two yeah. or three goals a game up See, forward. I think he's a, a run-through midfielder. Like, you put a wingman or put him on the back flank or something and push him through the middle. Yeah. But, but as an out-and-out midfielder, I feel like he's he's better off making your... your being like a backstop or having them responsible for him away from the yeah. ball because he can tear a game open. And so mm. if you can pull one of their good players off of the ball and make them responsible for him when he's playing a kick behind or something like that, I feel that's where he does his best work. Give him a bit of space and he's amazing. And Dixon gone from the penthouse to the shithouse uh, within a, a week. Well, he, he had a shocker. Because he actually had a backman on him this week. Yeah. He, he, was, he was always going to rip Gibson <laughs> apart. But uh, you put Hurley on him, who you know a lot of people put in their uh, mid-year All-Australian side. He's going to fly harder. He's a bloody good player early. I thought he had a great game too. I thought he did really well down the back. Yeah, he managed to rebound very, very well. Yeah. He's had uh, 25 touches, which is not a bad effort. Mm. And, uh, lo- and looking at how dominant they were, yeah, you know, he's playing centre-half back or full-back, yep. running through the lines there and setting up Wallow who can run through as well and mm. finish it off. Only one tackle for him, which just shows how much of the ball he was actually able mm. to distribute rather than getting to it second. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's one of the best games Essendon have played in a long, long time. Um, and even guys like... Uh, Fantasia, who didn't kick a goal, which is unusual for him. I thought yeah. he's run through the middle. That's just yep. adding another string to his bow. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, it's almost a poor out strategy that they've implemented. And uh, it seems like the Eston team has really come into their own now, yeah. more confident. Um, mm. They're not trying to just sort of have a make-do strategy. They know what parts they've got and slowly working towards having a game plan that's their own. Yeah, yeah. even Joe Watson looked like he was enjoying himself. 
um, which hasn't been the case this season. <laughs> he's, he's been just dragged out there and thrown in the ball. But uh, he had a bit of fun, got 30 touches, and maybe maybe he's the barometer of the club. Maybe yeah. he's the one who sets the, I guess, the feel around it. And I don't like, know. Like, like God, it doesn't look like he's a big fan of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did see uh, Dyson Heppel uh, posted on Twitter saying he brought an extra set of uh, pretzels. Just in case Goddard loses his shit for the game. <laughs> oh, it's good to see how Goddard dummy spit. <laughs> I don't mind that, though. I would rather have a bloke pissed off about getting done than blokes who go, ah, oh, well, it's not a year anyway. Fuck. Yeah, they generally get more respect than Goddard, though. <laughs> they used to be him being pissed off, like, oh, shut up, cunt. <laughs> well, we've heard this one before. Um, all right, we talk about upsets. Uh, no, None of us picked this one, though. Uh, Carlton by a point over the Giants. No. Now... Is this Carlton winning by a point, or it's really is GWS losing by a point, isn't it? Bit of both. I mean, I think uh, GWS were up by a point with about two minutes to go, I think it was. Yep. And then Carlton managed to surge forward. Uh, I think Casbolt uh, had a chance to put one through the middle, ended yep. up spraying it, which is unlike him for this season. He's had a very good uh, set shot regime. I think we flagged that uh, before the season started, that having Sav Rocker down there would help him out. I think I did, so good on me. Um Managed to spray it, managed to get another rush through, I think it was, and then the other direction, uh, for some reason, they decided to fart around in the goal square rather than either have a shot or rush it through for a draw. Well, there was right at the death, um, Stevie J decided a handball from 15 metres out. I don't think he's done that before in his career. No. I think he's sick. Yeah, he must be. Something's going on there. Um, but all the focus on the loss for GWS is on Toby Green. Because he kicked four points in the final quarter. Yeah. Jeez. Um, you know... Okay, he's had a great year. He's had all Australian level yep. year, but it cost the team. And like the, the accusations were a bit of arrogance, like trying to win it off your own boot when really you know you've got some good players around you yeah. that you well, can shout load what he's on. Paid for though. Yeah, true. Um, <coughs> like I'm not saying I agree with those sentiments, but uh, yeah, people need a scapegoat for their loss. Yep. And Toby Green is always one that was going to be an easy scapegoat, no matter what he does. Well, well yeah, because even his own teammates don't really like him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know, they couldn't. <laughs> he's, yep. he's your prick. <laughs> Um, you t- you know you look at uh, Geelong you look at uh, Dangerfield and Selwood in the middle you go Jesus yeah. Christ that's not a bad duo um, Dylan Shield and uh, God I've just gone blank um, Tom Scully yeah I'll tell you yeah. what in two or three years time they're going to be the same yeah the same mould they just run so hard all day yeah I feel Jeez, there's, hard there's a lot of Daniel Kerr about Daniel Shield He's, injuries the, and all yeah <laughs> like got the strapping but the same sort of hard nosed uh, maybe two inches lines. taller yeah yeah and Cruiser, uh, Mumford just could not keep up with him. No. I think they split the hitouts, but Cruiser was everywhere. Yeah, he took some big grabs too, uh, Big Matty. He's done that a few times this year. Yeah, he had eight tackles as well, and managed to sneak through for a goal. And very, very dominant display from the lad. I think it was his hundredth. Uh, they said one fifty. One fifty. So he's still a younger lad. Yeah, he's he's always been awesome at knowing what his limitations are and playing within those limits. But uh, very, very mobile. Um, oh, great to watch him play. Uh, especially against Mumford, who's one of the well, most intense physical uh, ruckmen going around, if not the. I think Mumford might have been brought back to the pack a little bit, not in the physicality, but yeah. just in the in the overall stakes. Yeah, I think um, his uh, gas tanks uh, dropped off. Yeah, I think so. He's been you know taken to task a few times this yeah. year. Yeah, but uh, I think that's what opposite, opposition ruckmen are doing now too. They're trying to make him run his legs off. Yeah, because he's yeah. not the yeah. got to do the most mobile lad. Because he's probably uh, tipping the scales about 125 kegs. Yeah. Um, and look, if you're going to 
be that ball of muscle that he is, you, yep. you've got to try and run him around. And I feel like that his skill has always been, obviously, that big brawn person that can win the ball out of the ruck. The enforcer. But yeah. sort of the strategy these days, like giving up the ruck in, in uh, return for having an extra midfielder there and sharking it mm-hmm. and then making them be a cannibal around the ground for, for another man. So I feel like sort of the game strategy is taken away from someone like Mumford yep. as opposed to him sort of dropping off. I feel like they've just been able to out-strategize that advantage that teams traditionally have with a ruckman like Mumford. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brendan Bolden's looking like a bit of a genius after this game because he, he moved Liam Jones. One, he named Liam Jones, which yeah. you know, <laughs> questions his sanity there. Um, but moved him down back, he turns out to be more than handy. Yeah, he did. He can change a man's career, that can. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, speaking of cloak. <laughs> <laughs> Doherty as well. Yeah, all Australian. Doherty yeah. as well. Yeah. He had 35 week in, week touches. Looking, looking brilliant. 12 marks as well. Anytime you can get more than 10 marks, you're doing something good. Well, you're running what, to the right the right areas of space. That's what Carton were doing, was putting a loose man behind the ball. Um, because, you know, they yeah. knew if, generally speaking, the GWS midfield is younger and faster than mm. theirs. They're going to get the run on. Um, that wall they built, like it sacrifices it up the ground, but it was working for them. Yeah. It was an NFL style offense. I found. Like yeah, a little the, bit. They'd have someone behind the line of scrimmage, running around like a wide receiver, turning the button hook, and the ball's there. Um, they did exceptionally well um, in that game plan, and it took GWS far too long to try and figure it out. And obviously, they weren't accurate enough to mm. take full advantage when they did get by it. Yeah, we we've, we've been saying this all season that certain teams at their best will beat pretty much any team at their worst. Yeah. And I think for this level... Um, That's dangerously close to what happened. This yeah. is Carlton's best, and GWS is pretty much close to their worst. Pretty um, close to it. We played this game 99 times out of 100. I think GWS win at least 90 of them. But um, full credit to Carlton on their day. They were hungrier, and in the dying seconds, they they played better. Just want to go back over that. To that stat? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 99 times out of 100, they win 90 of them. <laughs> yeah, Fair enough. Yep. Yeah, no, no, we, all, we all knew what you meant. From a scale of 1 to 15, with 9 being the highest, 6 being the lowest, I'll give him a 12. Yeah, yep. great stat, BT. <laughs> Does that make you lingy? Shit. Shit. <laughs> all right, on to the final one, the uh, Queen's birthday, Melbourne, Collingwood. Uh, great game. Hang on, no, I figured out nine draws. Nine no, draws. Yep, that's what I meant. <laughs> go for it. Um, uh, great game. Uh, yep. the, the intensity there, and it was still up for grabs in the final uh, two minutes. Yeah, um, absolutely great to watch. The only thing that could have made this better was if Collingwood had lost to a free kick. Yeah, Which I would argue with that. Well, yeah, free kick did have some influence in it, but I feel like Collingwood still got the best of them yeah. throughout the whole match. I thought yeah. so too. They got the rub of the green. Yeah, they weren't decisive, but you know, if you're gonna have to put the needle in one direction or the other, I yeah. feel like Collingwood got the best of them. That's the way yeah. it happens. Um, now, Jeremy Howes, Mark, um, is it all over? Yeah. I, yeah, I can't think unless someone does a backflip. <laughs> yeah. um, I can't think how you can have it. But he, he had delight of height. He had just uh, you know on top of McDonald, who's a, a big lad, and managed just to uh, reach uh, over him and keep going up. So, look, if there's a better mark out there, I'm willing to see it. But Jesus can take, yeah, take some can it. Take something. It's going to take Jerry Howard doing a better mark. I think, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, I thought uh, when it counted, uh, Petraka took, uh, stood up as well. Some yeah. of his marking up forward was uh, the difference because yeah. you saw Darcy Moore drop a lot. Yeah. Um, but Petraka, no worries. I feel like he's kicking. I mean, it wasn't the most accurate. A lot of times he was spraying right, and then when yep. he overcorrected left and only just snuck it through for, for yeah. a very important goal. There was that funny one, wasn't it, where he actually thought he missed it and yeah. snuck it. He goes, oh, yes. Uh, it, looked like, it looked like he missed too, like hitting the post. 
Oh, he's, he's impressed he's with that. champion. Look, Jesus Christ, they got to lock him into a 10-year contract or something. Yeah. yeah. It was a frustrating frustrating game at times with some simple turnovers and just lots of not not clean grabs at the ball. Well, there was one stage there where it was 10 minutes of the scrappiest footy uh, yeah. you can imagine, but yeah. it was still good to watch because yeah. it was intense. Yeah. It's pretty cold. Unless you're one of these sort of, I don't know if you call it a marquee game, but they're the uh, yeah, special marquee. day games. Yeah. They get it every year. It's you, Melbourne's biggest game of the year. Yeah, yeah, you want the average average viewer to be invested in it just from a, a close, hard-fought match. It doesn't have to be the most skillful, but as long as it's close and yep. people giving 100% effort, I don't think you can deny that both teams really put let it all out in the field. Actually, that put, puts Buckley 0 at 2 for marquee games, doesn't it? Uh, lost the Anzac Day game. Yeah, I guess. Yep. Lost you, this one. If you'd like to. This was, uh, they won three on a trot before this one. Um, so I still think... Collingwood are looking like they're in the right direction. Yeah, um, oh, they've, they've got the right team. Um, I, I think they, they, they did all right. They, they had injuries coming into this game as well, like three, three yeah. or four that uh, yeah. dropped out from last week. Mm. Um, I thought Fasolo um, did well. Took some great grabs. Yeah. Especially Fasolo. that last one when we kicked the goal after the siren. Yeah. Yep. Grundy got... Uh, sorry, um, Petrarca got best on ground, but I think Grundy, Grundy was his best on ground as well. Yeah, it was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Without a doubt. I thought Sidebottom played a very smart game as well. He's yeah. very mm-hmm. smart with his disposal, and especially knowing when to not take the first option, yeah. I thought was very, very intelligent working through those packs. For, for a guy who, not the most naturally gifted player, he makes up for it with uh, brains, and annoyingly so. Yeah, well, you could make the argument that they've got three All-Australians in Sidebottom, um, Trelaw and Grundy. Yeah. Because like, Grundy's All-Australian ruck at the moment. And I think Trelaw's uh, just about All-Australian. So yeah, I mean, easy. He's unbelievably so good. He, him, Dusty and Selwood, I think, that are the shoe-ins for the midfield. Uh, yeah. Sloan. Sloan, yeah. 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 But uh, on, uh, on on Grundy, um, this is going to sound a bit funny, but there's been a few teams this year that haven't played a recognised ruckman like Melbourne did today. Yeah. I think he is the best ruckman against unrecognised ruckman, yeah. if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. There's yeah. a few times, oh, a couple of games we've seen this year, it might have even been Goldstein um, and a, a few of the others that when the other person hasn't contested the ruck and then they've just tapped it down to their feet. Yeah. Mm. Um, Grundy's, he's noticed it. Like when Watts and somebody else um, wouldn't contest the ruck. Yeah. He just thought, well. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees Promoting for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'll grab it then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He did and, that a few times. Yeah, quite yeah. a few times. And the rules are there to sort of dissuade Ruckman from doing that, but he's obviously... Ruckman aren't the most intelligent people yeah. running around in the Guernsey. Well, I'm going to say, you know, damning with faint praise, but he's the smartest Ruckman there is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 not revolutionary? No, it's like, not. Oh, no, I've got a free ch- answer to this, so I reckon I'll either take it and handball it to my player or yep. tap it to my player. Fuck yeah. me, that's a great idea. Yeah, and it kind of sort of takes the... Enticing way of hiring someone like Mason Cox and giving them another, another um, experiment. Experiment just based on height. You know yeah. what I mean? 
Um, wow, worth a run. I'm going to say seven foot, still seven foot in the, mm. at the end of the day. But um, I thought Grundy's become uh, Brody Grundy's become too good around the ground to to ignore him. Yeah, uh, there's even some chase downs and tackles that he that he did. You go, okay, mm-hmm. that's exactly yeah. what you want from a rover. Yeah. He's only 22. Is he, Is he really? really Grundy? Yeah, oh, he's only young. Yeah. Wow, Jesus. Um, uh, uh, that's what I mean. He, he's so good. North Melbourne offering a million dollars as a midfielder. Uh, he, he's worth it. Bloody oath. Bloody do it. 22. I didn't realise he was that young. Let me just, I'm just going to double check myself. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I, I read that earlier. Um, make sure I'm absolutely certain. <laughs> and people who tried hard and went backwards, Salem. One of the players we oh, pegged at the start of the season had a stand up. and hey, You pegged. I pegged, yes. <laughs> not, from, not from lack of effort, but holy shit, man. It's the harder he tried, the worse he played. Yeah, it wasn't. Sometimes it's just not your day. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it was funny when Petrucca was sort of on fire. Kicked the goal, they get him off. I'm thinking, you may as well just put put the red jacket on Salem, even though there's no subs, fuck it. Just make sure that no one, under no circumstances, puts him back on you the field. What? You're done today. Son. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. have a break. Have a break. <laughs> uh, he's 23, actually. There you go. Well, still. Yeah. Still only, impressive. Only just 23. Still impressive. Um, gee, at his age, he's got he's 10, 10, years, yeah. 10 yeah. years to be a superstar. Also, I thought Jaden Hutton's second efforts were very good. His yeah. first efforts were ordinary at times, <laughs> but his ability to stay in the game and not sort of lose his focus uh, was very important in that fourth quarter. I want to shout out to a great game to uh, Aish. I really enjoyed uh, <laughs> yelling at him and saying how much he sucked. <laughs> Don't know why you got it in for him, though. You just, just decided to pick him. <laughs> well, pretty much because when he was a free agent, he pretty much brushed off North and said, no, nah, I'm not going there. Well, I mean, if you're a free agent and North don't offer you a million dollars, you must feel yeah. like shit. Yep. <laughs> well, at the moment, yeah. But um, also, I, I just don't like his face. I, I, I really can't be more specific than that. I, just I don't, don't know like... why. You can't see it with that helmet on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just don't like the bloke. So it, It's funny because I like him less than Greenwood, who left for money. Um, <laughs> and... I'm sticking with that. I'm just running with that. I, I don't like Aisha's face. I thought uh, Lyndon Dunn down back had a good game. Um, looked mm. dead at one period, um, literally, and then he got up and jogged off. And yeah. I thought, oh, that, that wore off, didn't it? Yeah. Anyway, um, that's the way it goes. Um, Pendlebury only had 22 touches, and I think he got five of those in the last five minutes as well. So he was kept quiet for a lot of the day. Yeah. And uh, as the, the playmaker for them, um, yep. I think that helped uh, Demons a lot. I think they did a good job. Was that Bernie Vince on him, or was Vince on Trelaw? I, I'm not sure, and I think he might have spent time on both of them, though. Yeah, it seemed like I remember seeing both of them with him running down at them. Yeah, I'm sure he would have. This is all in spite of Jordan Lewis having a pretty shocking game, too. A very, yeah, very quiet a terrible game. One. Yeah, almost liability down back uh, when you've got Darcy Moore taking overhead marks. and I don't know about liability, got, but he's certainly a stepladder. You've got, yeah, you've got, you've got <laughs> Melksham and, and uh, Lewis trying to contest the, yeah. the high ball. It's not, yeah, it doesn't bode well. Um, it was also a big day of redemption for Jack Watts, who yeah. kicked, kicked the sealer for him, yeah. uh, running down the, the wing, which is great yeah. to see. Because obviously, you know, the story's been told many times of when it, he debuted on Queen's birthday and got smashed into the grass. Yeah. Um, well, he came back today. And, yeah. uh, and, and he's having well. a good season. He is. Well, he's he, not scared anymore. You can see it in the way he plays. Yeah. Well, I think when they, started, when they started playing him in the ruck, when they lost uh, Spencer and yeah. Gorn, uh, they're like, mate, you don't expect to you to set everything, yeah. set the world on fire. This is a, a no lose thing. Just do you, do what you can. He actually looks like a man now. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's the first time in his career he's had no expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's lived up to them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean. He wasn't a brilliant ruckman, but he was good enough. And yeah. now that he's got that uh, sort of, I guess, uh, string to his bow, he takes the the boundary line throw ins every once in a while. Yeah, doesn't do too bad a job, and he's willing to you know get shoulder to shoulder, push back when someone pushing on him. Yeah. Good on him. 
All right, so that wrapped up round 12. Um, so enjoyable got, round, must say. It was, yeah, it was enjoyable. It got off to a slow start, yeah. but it got there eventually. The thing is, I, th- I thought generally the standard footy was, was pretty shit, but the game was actually enjoyable to watch. Yeah, it, because it, it got Because it was there. very levelled. Uh, like yeah. even the the blowout that was Saturday night, um, Essendon Port. Essendon played so well; it was great to watch. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, yeah it's just a shame that Essendon supporters got to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, on to round thirteen. Then on Thursday night again, uh, we got West Coast hosting Geelong. This is a big game for West Coast because they need yeah. a scalp. It's hard At home to for them too. It, it's At hard home. to pick them. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been cold on Geelong for a while, but they keep winning, yeah. and uh, I've been cold on West Coast, and they keep losing. Um, that tells us nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going Geelong here. I think uh, they've just got too many big men. It's hard to argue against Geelong the way they're yeah. playing at the minute. Yeah, and like, like I've said about West Coast, they've got the people who are putting in consistent efforts, and then there's a huge drop off to the the next level of players. I think Geelong have got a much more well rounded team, much more strategies for if the best West Coast team does show up. Well, I think that's a real indictment against West Coast too, saying that because Geelong have been known to. Um, the, the big criticism against them was they rely too much on Dangerfield and, and Selwood. Yep. And you're saying they're more well-rounded than West Coast. Well, Says feel, a lot. I feel like, yeah, exactly. I feel like like Mitch Duncan and players of that calibre have, have filled, in, filled yeah. in the gaps. Absolutely. And, 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 and Tui's been brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. Kennedy right? No. Yeah, so I think they're fucked. Yep. <laughs> um, line through them. They're done for the season. Uh, Cats win. Uh, I'm on the Cats as well. Um, North uh, playing the Saints at Etihad Stadium. I like this game. This I really could, like this game. Either team could win by 10 goals and still it'd be a, a game you'd either love or hate. It, you could see some brilliant football. You could see utter shit football. I don't know. I, I think it'll be mediocre football, but very hard fought. And both both teams, I think, will have a big fan turnout for, for what they usually get. Well, it should do. Because I think at this one they pegged, the, this is a yardstick they're up against at the moment. We're yep. fighting for the same positions. And mm-hmm. so we need to be ahead of these guys in order to push forward. Uh, so I think this will be one that both consider very winnable and almost must win. I think if Rewalt is not playing, then Saints have no chance. Yep. Even saying that, I think North might win this one. I think, I think they've got too many tall, tall options. I think what's going to make the difference is if uh, if they do play Goldstein, and they probably will, uh, that is going to hurt them. Because he is not right. His ankle's still fucked. and It, it could be too that age has got him. Yep. Could be. He could just be struggling. But... Um, Look, uh, I really hope they rest him up and uh, play Pruce because that, that kick could be anything. Um, coming off the bye, though. I mean, <clears throat> Yeah, take an extra week, lad. Just yeah. rest up, mate. Could do. They've got um, to, I think. Because especially he can also help out down back uh, as a loose man when Tarrant's got two on one. Uh, Saints got a you know a pretty decent forward yeah. line. There's yeah. some people you have to give respect to. Well, this is the problem, too, because Thompson has been a fucking liability. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's given if they put him on Bruce, it, it's going to be rough. Well, you're almost going to need Cunnington to go back there and just smashing people yeah. up, just uh, make them intimidated to to drop into the gaps. So yeah, I think you've got to put Tarrant on Bruce, which means that McCartan um, for um, Thompson. Yeah. In which case, McCartan's really got to stand up because if he can't beat Thompson, yeah, um, then he's not AFL standard. Well, then yep. they've got Marley Williams and maybe even Luke McDonald running around there. Running so around, yeah, yeah. So it, it's going to be one of the ones where. Again, North at their best and Saints at their worst, 10-goal blowout. If uh, Saints at the best, North at the worst, 10-goal blowout. And look, I think there's going to be a battle of the forward line. So I think there's going to be a whole lot of defense going on in this game. Yeah. So I feel I like so. it'll be good to watch. If you're, if you're kicking straight and you're hitting targets, that's going to be the winning strategy. I think Jared Wade will be the measuring stick. If he has a day, North win by a lot. If he doesn't, anything could fucking happen. Saturday, the MCG, Richmond versus the Swans, 4th versus 14th. What a game. Season-defining. It's going to be a cracker. Yeah. Be a cracker. Um, two teams that match up very well against yep. each other with the, on paper. Rance and, v. Buddy. Yeah. You and, pay yep. to watch that. 
and it determines whether you know Richmond are overachieving or Swans are underachieving. Or both. We're, we're overachieving. We already know that's yeah. the case. That <laughs> is 100% the case. Do they, if Richmond win this, then you can make the argument they deserve to make finals. Um, if Richmond win this, you, you make the case that God wants them to win this year. <laughs> <laughs> like the other teams have fallen down around them. It could be the Leicester City story well, we, for the yeah, Tigers. That, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe it's really the Satan because everyone's going to hate that in the AFL. You don't want Richmond to be too good. I'll tell you what, yeah, okay, we won't worry about that. I don't uh, think they've got anyone that can stop Buddy, uh, uh, stop um, Dusty, but uh, Cochin's going to be the the swing, the swing, uh, defining player in this to me. He's having a great year, Cochin. Mm. Um, he's probably probably having one of the best years of his career. Yep. He's going to be runner-up best and fairest. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, Port Adelaide are hosting Brisbane. Um, Port coming off a very disappointing game and Brisbane coming off a real high. I'd expect those to be reversed in this one. Yeah. Port yep. at home. Port to be high. Adelaide Oval. Yeah. Yeah, I think Port will be... Uh, I mean, you'd think they'd be too classy to win, but yeah. I mean, I'd love to see Brisbane go down there and smash them. Oh, it'd be fantastic. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, no, I'd love to me. see Koshy watch on the on the yes. uh, broadcast for that <laughs> yes. as well. Ah, uh, no, this would be. I'd love to see Koshy mildly tortured. <laughs> um, just, just a couple of five minutes of waterboarding. I think uh, Brisbane have played their grand final. I'm on yeah. it. Uh, Port. Yeah, easy. Uh, Suns are hosting Carlton. This one's a tricky one for me, being up in Metricon. Now that Carlton have put in an effort like that as well. Yeah. yeah. So if Gold Coast have hit some straps, I think so. It's going to be a battle of, I mean, Ablett versus. The rest of, of, <laughs> of, of, of Carlton's midfield, pretty much. I think they, they might have turned Kerno, say, mate, we know you're winning the ball now, yeah. but we need you to do and a job for us. If you're shutting down, you've got Doherty, Murphy and Gibbs to be able to, to pick up that slack, then that's yeah. a winning strategy. I think Cruiser as well. He could have another day out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm on. I'm reluctantly on Carlton, but uh, look, again, this is one of those ones where the best versus the worst could equal a blowout in either way I think Tom Lynch is just too big and he was a little bit quiet against Hawks I know he kicked a couple of goals yeah. but um, he, he should have kicked more yep. um, so I think it, uh, Carlton haven't got a match up for him and yeah. I think he might run right on this one I'm going Gold Coast just on a very very close match I think they might just squeak through through uh, yeah persistency and on Sunday the only game on Sunday again Bulldogs versus Melbourne at Etihad I love this game. Isn't it? Yeah, Isn't it? It's going to be amazing. Uh, the loser probably drops out of the eight, um, you know, obviously yep. depending on other results. Um, if this was at the MCG, I might have changed my tips, but Bulldogs can't play that bad two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, for Melbourne to win, their their players like Salem and uh, Lewis can't play that bad two weeks in a row. Or Maxi Gorn comes back. There's yeah, a, there's a chance about he's it. back in for this one. Yep. Um, See, I don't, I don't think a uh, play like Max Gorn makes a difference in this game. I think they need more running yeah. uh, shutdown players as opposed to a dominant Ruckman. Because I feel like there's still too many options for Bulldogs around the ground that could punish Melbourne as opposed to Melbourne. And not going to be able to uh, use brute force to run through them because they don't necessarily have it all. See, I see it the other way. I think Gorn is a player that can have such influence. You know, he's come back from injury, so he probably won't be at his best, you'd expect. But uh, in this sort of game, this would be suitable to him so well in that he can be running around, being an option... And just so dominant as we know he can be. So, look, if he comes back and he's good, I think they blow him out of the water. Yeah, it's Jesus, it's a tough game to pick. But hopefully it was as, as close and intense as the one today. Yeah. Um, they'll be happy enough. Oh, it'll that. be a tackle fest. If I had to pick a team, I think I'll go with the Bulldogs. But yeah, I think yeah. I'm going as long as it's as well. close. I'm, I'm going the, Melbourne. And I, think, game. I think it's just because I, I expect them to just pressure, 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 pressure. Yep. Um, and I expect some big changes at the uh, selection table with uh, the Bulldogs this week. Yep. All right, the Lewis around 13. That's that. Uh, 
um, you know, we've, we've got all your tips there. We'll, we'll pick all the upsets. Don't worry about that. We've got it sorted. It's so just, uh, that'll yeah, do us. Well, that's put, lead the way. Put it on the multi and uh, retire home. We'll see <laughs> you next week. Enjoy yourself. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.